Alright, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Lakers Outsiders podcast. My name is Donnie McHenry. Uh, if you listen to our first ever episode last week, you'll notice this time that my beautiful voice sounds a little bit better, or at least I hope. Uh, if I find out after this that I uh, again recorded on my computer mic instead of uh, my $100 mic I bought <laughs> then, I'm going to be very upset. But for now, we're going to act like I'm sounding great. Uh, I'm joined by my pal, Chris Walton, a.k.a. Walt, who's always sounding great and always is on point with his mic settings. Uh, Walt, how you doing this evening? I'm good, man. I've come a long way in the microphone game, so don't feel bad. You should have heard me about two years ago with that, that can and that string they had gave me. Boy, I was I had to try to make do the best that I could, bro. A little can and a string on that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the good old days. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Well, we're uh, we're recording this on Thursday night. Um, well, this will be in your guys' ears uh, Friday morning or Friday afternoon. Uh, so Thursday, you know, today's been very chill on Twitter. Uh, everyone's been on their best behavior, uh, keeping it positive, uh, as I'm sure you've seen, Walt. Mm-hmm. You know, some a uh, little bit of trade chatter here and there, a little report about how the Lakers uh, – Offered a couple second rounders to the Hawks for uh, Cam Reddish, but they ended up taking that first rounder from the Knicks. Other than that, it's been uh, been been pretty quiet. You know, we've just kind of been chilling on Lakers Twitter, right? Yeah, man. Everybody on their best behavior. No, uh, nobody's brother um, jumping in spaces of uh, any NBA <laughs> point guards and standing up for them as they should. Uh, none of that is going on. Yeah, man. You're talking about you're talking about William Rondo, right? Yeah, <laughs> William Williams Williams in those those Cleveland Cavalier spaces mm-hmm. defending his bro cutting up man. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we are uh, we got we got some stuff to get into, uh, but uh, when we first decided we were going to do this podcast, I personally wanted to do a little little segment that we'd kick off each pod with uh, that would involve us, you know, bringing some positivity to. Uh, all the discourse around the Lakers when we first came up with this pod. Uh, I mean, the whole season has been a mess, but uh, it was an extremely big mess. I feel like when we first <laughs> started coming up with the idea of the pod. So I feel like we, you know, as a whole on uh, Lakers Twitter and uh, everyone that covers the Lakers, we sometimes lose track of the positives when it's uh, really going poorly. Um, last week, this little segment of ours was easy. Uh, the Lakers were winning. Uh, I actually looked uh, last week. We were talking about how Russ had just had zero turnovers in the game, singing his praises. Anyway, so we'll get to Russ later. Uh, but we might as well just get into the positives to begin, and then we can uh, hash the negatives. So, well, what is your Ron Artest, I love basketball moment of the past week in Lakerland? Man, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take something positive from the last two games, even though one ended up in a loss against the Grizzlies, and then. Uh... Well, both of them was losses, Grizzlies, and then uh, last night against the uh, the Kings. But man, Austin Reeves, man, tearing it up in both games. That game was well. I'm sorry, not the uh, yeah the Grizzlies. The game was uh, it was a it was a big blowout. But you know he a lot of effort. Um, you know showing everything he can do when he get extended minutes. He really did his thing, man, and um, he he brought that deficit down where it wasn't completely a mess. And then last night he. You know, pretty much uh, almost did the same thing, even though they didn't get the, the end result they wanted. 
he definitely like balled out, man. He was everywhere, whether it was dunking and and ones. He had the three ball going. He had a little dribble penetration going. And uh, I think he hit like a little nice, nice little pull up uh, jump shot. He should have got an and one on that one too. Uh, he mm-hmm. was just like making the most of the time uh, that he was on the court, as he always does, man. And I mean, as an undrafted player, you really can't ask for like a a bigger and better situation, you know, when you're thinking about that kind of uncertainty. Even though he, you know, he pretty much planned this out. Well, him and his age, as far as getting getting uh, getting on the Lakers, but still though, to be passed over by so many teams and you know, going into that draft process with that kind of uncertainty and to come out like this. You got to love the game, man. You got to love basketball. So, you know, I got my hat off to him and my salute to him. Yeah, man. He, uh, I like you brought that up about his agent uh, pre-draft. You know, it's like it's like him and uh, Deion Sanders, basically, are the only people who have ever uh, started working their free agency, uh, mm-hmm. you know, levers uh, before the draft. So, you know. He'll be an all-time great, just like Dion was uh, in football. But yeah, man, that I'd say that's probably my uh, you know positives to take from the past week as well. Um, definitely want to give a little shout out to Malik Monk for um, regrouping last night against the Kings, and um, I think he shot. I think he made six threes last night or something. But uh, against that against the Grizzlies on. Uh, God, I don't know what day it is anymore. Well, I don't even know what year it is. But time is a spectrum. You guys know. Time exist. is a spectrum. I don't even know what's going on anymore. But, uh, yeah, man, Malik kind of struggled in that Grizzlies game. I think mostly his shot just wasn't falling, and that's going to happen uh, here and there to the best of them, let alone Malik. But, yeah, man, back to Reeves. Uh, 19 points, uh, broke his career high again, which I'm pretty sure he set in that Grizzlies game you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Made four of his seven three pointers. Uh, but what I love the most about him is, like you said, he's an undrafted rookie. He's going to mess up here and there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he's un- like, not only is he a rookie, he's an undrafted rookie. You know, there's only two rounds, only so many spots you can get in. And, you know, even if his agent and him were pulling some levers here and there, he still could have got drafted. Uh, you know, and uh, last in last night's game, he bricked a couple of three-pointers kick off his game and I was kind of worried like oh man we're not gonna get much out of Reeves tonight seems like the shot's off um he also biffed a four-on-one fast break the <laughs> team had uh pretty sure he had the ball like the entire time and I think he was I think there was one Kings defender who was kind of coming up and Reeves was in front of him and then Reeves tried to get real cute with it trying to get the ball to LeBron which is what I would do on a fast break but it was almost so overwhelming of an advantage that the Lakers had that he should have just like laid it up. And like, if you miss the layup, uh, there's three Lakers right there that uh, are going to be able to clean it up. But, and I think even on the same possession, screwed it up. We got the offensive rebound. He immediately relocates to the corner, gets him in the corner, shoots it, makes three. And um, basically what I'm just trying to drive at is like those missed shots or those poor decisions that you make don't seem to deter his confidence and they definitely don't stop him from giving effort. Yep. I think like, you know, I think every Lakers fan will agree that he's probably one of maybe the only player who every time he's on the court this year has been given, you know, a hundred percent effort. Uh, LeBron, I mean, he's absolutely insane, but let's be real. He's not given a hundred percent effort every time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
most of the role players here and there lose track on defense or whatever. But the really the only mistakes you're going to get out of him are when he's when he like on that fast break when he's trying too hard or yeah. he's just overthinking it. So and I mean we've been saying all year that we love mul- multiple guys who you know are giving 110 percent doing the dirty things, you know getting on the floor rebounding playing deep playing good d whatever and that's what reeves has been doing every time um and i feel like people would use this as an opportunity to freaking yell at frank volo like oh we need to start reeves we need to get reeves more minutes whatever but like he played 27 minutes last night and i feel like that's like the perfect sweet spot for him because mm-hmm. he just plays so hard uh he had that hamstring injury earlier in the season obviously that's a wear and tear injury where uh He's just getting that from, you know, overexerting himself. So if he's going to go out there and go 110% for 27 minutes and we'll be able to keep him for every game and, you know, have him not sit out a week or two for due to some groin or hamstring injury, please. Um, have and honestly, I, yeah, like like we said, I think that was like probably his best game. Of course, it's completely overshadowed by what we're going to get into in a bit. But uh, even, you know, comparing it to that, uh, game he had in Dallas, which obviously he had the game winner, and I kind of feel like uh, Wednesday's game against the Kings was his best, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. yeah. you got to take the good with the bad when you got young players like that. And as long as the mistake's not too loud, you can stomach it, you know, especially when he get that kind of effort on both ends. Like, I'll take that all day, every day, versus, you know, sometimes you get that Ricky, and they may just be a straight-up gunner, and that's all you get. You know, you get all the mistakes – and then you get that that streakiness, and that's a hard pill to swallow. So, shout out to the Lakers scouting man. They're that's, insane. That's that's crazy. Yeah, crazy good. Too they they don't get enough uh, enough credit, and the Lakers play a part in that too because they don't retain these guys to the point where you see them get to that level where it's like, oh yeah, that dude nice. Um, but yeah, that's they got a nasty scouting uh, scouting unit. And uh, that's why, you know, I'm not really worried about the future. We'll get to that another time, though. <laughs> exactly. Um, but with that all being said, uh, I'm glad we got the little positives out of the way. I got to sing Reeves' praises a little bit. Uh, you said uh, he doesn't make any loud mistakes there, so it's a perfect little transition to actually discussing the Kings <laughs> game because – Sorry, Austin Reeves didn't score 35 points to lead the Lakers to victory. Uh, sadly, the Lakers lost 125 to 116. 125 points. Wow, I just kind of thought about that. 125 to 116 on Wednesday to the Kings. Uh, breaking their, I'm going to call this, breaking their winning streak in games against terrible opponents. Mm. They, had a little, they had a little winning streak playing a bunch of trash in the NBA, and I thought, thought they were going to have another little... Uh, win on Wednesday to right the ship after losing the uh, Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. But nope. So, Walt, I'm going to give you a choice. There's two things that, uh, I mean, personally, I think you could bring up a third if you want. Two things that really negatively impacted the Lakers and caused them to lose in the end. So I'll let you choose what, you, what we want to talk about first between the team's defense or everything Russell Westbrook. Ah, man. I don't know. I don't know. Are we gonna are we gonna kick off strong with the uh, rust talk or end with the rust talk? Uh, we can end with the rust talk. I just want to talk about the defense because um, earlier I know we had text and we talked a little. Well, you had kind of seen where I was talking about how our guards we just in a lot of matchups 
And of course, in matchups in the future, our size, man, I hate to continue to harp on that. I know it's like a hot button for, you know, a lot of the fans to get riled up, but they really do have to address their size issue during the trade deadline that's coming up. And, um, you know, however creative way they can do that, they need to address it because our guards, they can't stop dribble penetration. And with the way that Frank Vogel wants to defend, uh, as far as like funneling people to AD, it's going to continue to um, put a heavier weight on AD than what it, than what it needs to be. Um, it doesn't matter if AD is all world. If we can't, you know, once somebody crosses a half court and they, you know, put their pedal to the middle, they're already going to the rim. Um, you know, we're going to tax AD by doing that. And he's not going to be able to give what he needs to give on offense for us to be successful. So we definitely got to – I don't know how – that's the hard part. Yeah. <laughs> so it make that conversation kind of um, difficult to have. I don't know how they can shore that up, but they do have to try to find a creative way to address that point of attack defense to to get better. Because last night was just like – I could just see it in um, the Aaron Fox eyes, and of course I'm watching on the TV, so I really can't see his eyes. But I could like <laughs> feel the energy. Like I can get to the rim almost every time. And then Dude. Tyrese Halliburton was like, "You know what? I think I can too." <laughs> Tyrese was like early uh, in the first half. He was like, "Oh, I'm getting wide open mid range jumpers. Yeah, dropping. Like, oh man, like mid- they say mid range jumpers aren't efficient. Watch this." <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like you said, De'Aaron Fox, uh, second half. Man, he was starting some drives from, like, like you said, the half-court line, like where he was just getting there and just like, oh, like, I got Malik on his, you know, backpedaling. I got Malik Monk backpedaling. Sweet. I'm driving as hard as I can to the rim right now. Uh, like, oh, Le- like LeBron can't chase down, block me when he's in front of me. Let me see if he can actually block me in front of me. Like, Sorry. LeBron, like we can try LeBron out of center. LeBron's not a center. Like, yeah, and yeah, and and you don't need any more evidence than last night. Like LeBron is not <laughs> a center. He can be a center on offense, but center on defense, like what? Chiamezi Matu. Chiamezi Matu, fourteen points. We gave up. Let me see. We gave up thirty points to Matu and Bagley combined. Marvin Bagley. That's rough, man. That's bad. And it and it was all all easy baskets. Mm-hmm. Um other than other than the threes they had, which they got the threes. Uh I know at least Matu got the three or um he made two threes last night. Man, it was crazy. Tyler. He made two threes last night on uh literally when we decided to address the fact that Tyrese Halliburton would just come around pick and rolls and get easy mid ranges. They decided to have LeBron come up and not play so much of a drop in his coverage. And what do you know? Easy, easy kick to the roll man who's rolling out to the three pointer for a pick and pop. Boom. Um, but yeah, man, like you said, like our guards have the speed. Like Avery Bradley's got the speed. Monk's got the speed. You know, Monk may not be like as talented or disciplined or whatever on defense as like a Bradley. Um, you know, but. We just don't have the size, or at least we don't have the best combination of size and speed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm or I'm gonna steal your words since you didn't use it, but we don't have enough girth. Yeah, man. That's a we like it's it's one thing to have height and you know height difference or whatever, and we do need some height like uh, on the perimeter uh, in terms of a wing guy. But you know, Caruso wasn't that tall. 
Mm-hmm. I hate to, you know, I hate to bring up the old guys, but Caruso wasn't that tall. KCP wasn't that tall. Um, you know, we had like the number we had the number one ranked defense last year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wes Matthews isn't that tall, but uh, you know what all those guys have? Or we we were just talking about Wes Matthews earlier. Girth. Yeah, you could take it to the chest. You know, they're strong. Yeah, they can chase the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They can take that. You know, Darren Fox driving to the rim. You know, take it on the chest, and you know maybe they'll call a block or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, and you said you said exactly right. Like they love. Frank Vogel loves to have the guards. You know, if you're going to get beat, funnel them to AD. You know, one of the best defensive big men in the league, one of the best defenders, period. But there's a difference between funneling and then just an awesome guard. Yeah. I'm just going to let AD's you go. face. No. Just like, <laughs> man, so many just drive bys with no resistance. And I don't understand why. I mean, I mean, I understand why it's happening. It's because we have bad perimeter defense, but. I don't get why you're having that sort of funneling strategy when AD is, or at least when, you know, Dwight's not on the court, but especially mm-hmm. when AD is not on the court, you're just like, like I was watching a couple of days where they're essentially, you know, I mean, they probably weren't planning to funnel these people. They probably just couldn't play defense, but just sending people to the, to the rim to with Stanley Johnson trying to contest mm-hmm. and sorry, Darren Fox is going to finish on Stanley Johnson eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten. Yeah, they should basically – what they did against Atlanta was ideally what I would like to see them do, where they're not aggressive in terms of pressuring the ball, but they're aggressive in their, you know, they're blitzing and trapping and then, yep. you know, recovering, Um, you know, LeBron on the back line or Stanley on the back line, recovering, being able to close out the shooters, taking away the lob. If the roller, like, you know, roll hard to the rim. I like that idea. But the like you said, the they're not they <laughs> they might think they funneling, they're not funneling. They're like just letting <laughs> them get past them because even when you talk about like girth, you're talking about getting in somebody's back pocket. If I'm in your back pocket and you do get a step on me and I'm actually got my I got my body on you, you know, it's still gonna be a hard drive for you with A D right. coming up to help, you know, or getting your eyesight or get hands around you know uh the passing lanes or where you want to get your shot off at if ad doing that on top of me put my body on you i'm still making you work but if i'm able to just come across half court and i can beat you and i got two steps on you i know lebron not gonna contest not because he ain't a good defender at the rim because he just like <laughs> sometimes in real time you know like when you play basketball you see like a bad play developing and then you come to help <laughs> in your mind you're like i'm there but you're really not there they already like getting the shot off so that, yeah like you're, you're that. like you're jumping like you're jumping and contesting just for show yeah like ah, just so they just so <laughs> just so they don't like throw you on you know they don't put together a low light reel of you on mm-hmm. twitter of uh not trying on defense i feel exactly. like i feel like james harden used to be i mean james harden did have some years of some really bad defense but mm-hmm. i feel like he was always getting a bad uh a really bad rep because there's just so many plays of him like obviously not trying when there wasn't really a point of trying mm-hmm. just like stand there just let it go by <laughs> but yeah man um yeah we haven't even said it yet but i tweeted this earlier this morning uh kings had 70 points in the paint last night which is the most the lakers have given up this entire season and the third most that they've given up this entire season was 62 points and that was to the grizzlies in the most previous game so they're they're really letting people go. Or I think LeBron said after the game that 
you know, their perimeter defense is bad. And I think in his old man ways said, we can't stop a nosebleed. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he would drop that, drop that classic phrase. And yeah, man, he's not wrong. And that, that was a good point. You said like, you know, there's a difference between funneling and just letting the guy go by where, you know, you can get on his hip and, you know, he kind of feels like he's got a clean lane to the rim, but you're still kind of there on his hip. He's mm-hmm. thinking, oh, man, I got this guy beat. Sweet. But then there's AD there. And then mm-hmm. once he, you know, kind of has that moment like, oh, shoot, there's AD. Boom. You know, the Crusoes of the past are right there back in front of him. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's got to pick up his dribble and he's pressuring it, whatever, whatever. I like your idea about um, them kind of blitzing, you know, like they've done in the past. I feel like they kind of got away from that because they felt like they didn't really have the speed or like, you know, just the personnel to do that. But I do kind of feel like they would be able to do that once AD's back. And I got to know, I got to assume LeBron doesn't want to like, you know, LeBron wants them to play good defense, but I don't think LeBron wants to play the AD role uh, in terms of uh, that good defense. Mm-hmm. And covering for everyone's mistakes on the perimeter or covering for like, you know, we blitz someone like Trey young or De'Aaron Fox, uh, you know, past the three point line. And then the ball gets swung to their side. Then it's like, all right, LeBron time to go get a clean up the weak side. Like, you better <laughs> run your ass. You better run your ass out there as hard as you can. And then once we get the rebound, you better run your ass all the way down the, down the court. So you can score for us. He don't want to do that. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I could see it's definitely going to get like, we're not going to be giving up 70 points in the paint to the Kings mm-hmm. once AD gets back. But I don't think, like you said, I don't think it's going to be, you know, like night and day AD comes back and we're like climbing the ranks, getting up there in like top five defense. Like not going to happen. Probably, probably going to make a trade. Yeah. And then the, the other thing too, I'm, I'm like looking forward to seeing them put together is playing like a lineup of where in my mind, I would say LeBron is the five and AD is the four and on defense, having them two on the back line and having them two do all the communicating and, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of directing the guards. Maybe you have Stanley play the three on defense or Trevor Reza, whoever you want to put out there. And then now you got three through five, Stanley, not an all defense player. He ain't run our test, but, Defense is his strongest. But he's, he's got some ability. girth. Yeah, he got some girth. Like if you run into him in the lane, <laughs> like he don't get to show it now because they have him playing a four and five. But I'm looking, I'm thinking, if you think basically how he defended his first game, he was defending mostly on the perimeter. And like he did a great job because he was stronger than most people he was guarding. Even James Harden, who pretty strong, he really couldn't like, you know, knock him off his spot like he would be able to do a um you know, a Malik Monk or Ellington or whoever is playing the two guard. James Harden just couldn't do that against Stanley Johnson. And again, this ain't me like hyping up Stanley Johnson like he's some like savior, but I'm just saying the No, he's just our only wing. Yeah, the <laughs> idea of what you would want a perimeter defender um Until the wanna, came yeah, back, but things you want a perimeter defender to do. And then I, I think um I'm thinking more in mind of the Lakers playing his small small ball style they're probably thinking more in line with what the Houston Rockets did. Um, you know, when they had, when Russ was there and they were in the bubble and everything. Tucker. Yeah. And they fit that profile. They weren't big, but they were all stout. Eric Gordon, the stout boy. That's, that's, a, that's a thick boy. Stanley, Stanley Johnson's pretty close in just like archetype to like mm-hmm. PJ Tucker. I'm yep. not saying like scale, scale, yeah. but 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's heat. We'll get into some projectors never another time. So say so he's not yeah, in terms well, of the if I had a, that's the kind of player that I would compare him to and I would actually want him to be. I mean, he only twenty five. He can he actually a better he can actually dribble. Like, you know, if you have him do like yeah. a dribble handoff or we just want you to kind of beat a closeout, he won't like fumble the ball too much. He can actually like get past somebody, make a smart pass. He I actually like just watch the way he passed the ball. He real good passer, man. You know, as far as making the right pass, we'll get into that another time because I'll be talking for another hour. <laughs> but hey, yeah, <laughs> if they want to be like a Houston Rockets esque team, they do have to get thicker on the roster. But they can play their guards. Um, but to me, all their guards are more reserves than you know starters. But that don't mean they can't finish yeah. games though. But you do have to get the appropriate pieces around them so they can you know excel and they can. They don't have to worry about getting exposed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I mean, Kendrick Nunn's not really known for his defense whatsoever. He's not, I don't think he's awful, but I mean, we'll see what kind of happens when he comes back and obviously when AD comes back in terms of the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but got got enough, uh, got a good juice out of us. I actually kind of feel better about the defense talking about it, but. Uh, Let's go ahead and move to the to the Russ of it all. As I kind of said, uh, Russell Westbrook, two for fourteen from the field last night. Uh, let's see what else. I think he only had, I think he only had one turnover. It's so funny that we, I mean, if you kind of look at the past few games, you don't even got to really worry worry about the turnovers with him. But two of fourteen from the field, eight points, zero for five from three. He did have twelve rebounds, only six assists. Like I said, only one turnover, but it has been open season on Twitter Oof. on him, man. I think I, uh, I mean, it's been pretty bad a couple day- times on Westbrook this season. Mm-hmm. He before last night and before the past few games where he's been in a terrible slump. The I'd say his two worst games of the season were, of course, the most popular games of the season in terms of the opening night game. Awful. And then the Christmas Day game, which he was pretty bad in, and also had some just classic late game Russ terrible decisions. But this game had it all: terrible shooting, like I said, o for five from three, and it honestly felt like o for ten for me. I don't <laughs> know about you. Um, still can't make layups. I'm but from going into the Kings game. I think he was shooting like fifty some percent. Uh, just on restricted area attempts, so basically right at the rim, and he's averaged just like um, as many attempts as like Giannis or LeBron uh, or Capella in the league. But like those guys are making like 65, 70. Um, LeBron and I know LeBron and Giannis are both making over seventy percent of those field goals, which is why they're shooting that many. Mm-hmm. Why Russ is shooting that many? Well, that's because that's all you can shoot. But yeah, he's. He's just not making them. And like you said earlier, his own brother was in a uh, <laughs> Lakers spaces, a uh, late night or God, what are they called? Late night. I, late I night lake show. My boys over late night lake show, late night lake show nice. spaces last night. Shout out to them. Um, I'm not going to talk about their spaces and not plug them. Like some people have to do <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, man. We got Russell Westbrook's brother in spaces talking about DeAndre Jordan's playoff god. We got people 
making memes on Twitter of this is what JFK would look like if Russell Westbrook was shooting, showing JFK aged up. That was, so, and, dude, that's got like almost 50,000 likes. Man. <laughs> that's a tweet talking about, that's a tweet talking about Russell Westbrook being a, a murderer <laughs> and killing JFK. And that's got 50,000 likes. I mean, everyone is piling on. What else I saw? I saw the same exact meme about Tupac. Yeah, Tupac aged up this morning. I was oh like, "Oh my god!" And they're all time, and they're doing bro. numbers. <laughs> you got you got eight year old Lakers fans on Twitter retweeting jokes about Russell Westbrook shooting JFK in the head, Bruh. So, oh man, let's let's just talk about it. I mean, I don't know. What do you want to talk about first? Let's have. So my thing with Russ, man, is I know the pressure got to be intense. With him, you know, coming home, the whole way that this trade came about, the expectations, obviously, you know what I'm saying. Like I, like I said last part, Russ was not brought here to be two for fourteen. You know, the premise of him coming to the Lakers was for him to be the third star, the third guy to produce, and if any of the two top dogs aren't available, you automatically either go to one or two. And that's just, it's that simple. And, you know, from the outside looking in, people are going to look at these games and they're going to expect the Lakers to, like, win these games because Russ is on the floor and he's supposed to be a star. Uh, but, then you, you know, you see the way he performed and that that's not what it is. And I think for him, you know, he kind of watching this, what they say, the last thing that goes your reputation. So he's kind of <laughs> just watching himself not be the player that I know he wants to be. He, he you know, he at times has proven himself capable of being. It, it ain't there. You know what I'm saying? And that's fine. But for you as a, you know, as a professional and as somebody who wants to get something they never got, which is a championship, you got to go back to the drawing yep. board. Um, the last thing as a fan and the organization probably and coaching staff would want to want to hear from you is you basically saying – the role that I have, and I get that. I do understand that his role is fluctuated because of the injuries, because of just playing with LeBron and the hierarchy of what they need. I do, you know, feel him as far as like his role changing. But you know, at the same time, and and it's kind of just not even just changing coming to the season. It's kind of mm-hmm. changed in the fact that you know LeBron's in LeBron or LeBron's hurt for eight or so games. Okay, like, oh, we got LeBron back. Oh, wait, now Anthony Davis is out for so many games. And then, like, oh, everyone's got COVID now. Now you're playing. Now it's Russell Westbrook and Isaiah Thomas in the backcourt. Yeah. And I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel that. Like, I'm, I would will, I will feel the same way probably, too, if I was him. I really do feel that, man. And for him, but, but you got to find something <laughs> constant, right? Like, what's your yeah. constant? What is your constant going to be? You know what I'm saying? Is it going to be an effort? Are you going to lock in on defense? Do you want to be like, hey, Bron, I know you've been putting up 30 to pass nine, but I'm uh, me and you going to play two-man game, and I'm going to just keep going to the rim until, like, somebody kill me or hurt me or whatever the case may be. That, that That's that's my biggest thing. Like, I, I mean, obviously I just said, like, he's missing a ton at the rim. I don't know what it is. Uh, I've heard, I mean, I'm not, I'm no film guru. I've heard people say like it's because you know he's getting guarded by he's getting he's getting guarded by literally Laker film room. Uh, he's getting guarded by bigger guys 
and that's kind of affecting him at the rim. But like, like there's no way Westbrook is just now getting guarded by like wing players, and that's like affecting him, you know, his layups at the rim. But like you just said, like I, every time I see him dribbling up the court, I'm like screaming in my head, "Just drive, just drive!" Like he never turn, he doesn't really turn the ball over, just drive it, and then just like fumble in the ball. I mean, he does, but like that's not his like most consistent type of turnover. I feel like his most consistent type of turnover is driving and then kicking to someone where like the defender's just like standing right in front of the guy, or you know he jumps up in the air and he's about to pass to someone, and oh, what do you know? There's a guy right there, mm-hmm. and I just can't stand. I know he made a ton of. I mean, I don't want to get too deep into that bank shot that he always takes from the left wing. <laughs> And honestly, it's not that but he made. I think I think one of his two made field goals. Uh, I want to say was uh, one of those bank shots early on. But like, there's just so many times where I'm watching him where he passes it or he pulls up for a jumper or shoots a three. Where I'm just like, dude, just drive. And if you get fouled and it looks ugly, at least you're getting fouled instead of it just looking ugly. Yeah, man. Like, and you're a decent free throw shooter. Like, man, I don't know. And yeah, man, I don't know with him. It, it honestly might just the layup thing. Honestly, might just be a slump factor. Like maybe you know, in the way that LeBron can get into a slump by just not making threes, maybe Russ can get into a slump by just I'm using the word again, biffing it, biffing it at the rim, just missing a layup. But I don't know. Like you said, I my vision. You know, first of all, when I saw the trade happen in the summer, I was like what world am I in right now? Uh, but then once that kind of wore off, I, you know, I was projecting myself on like what LeBron, first of all, this trade was done by LeBron. What is LeBron? <laughs> what do Palinka think like they're getting from this? And obviously, like you said, it's like, you know, if one of them goes down LeBron or AD, he can pick up the slack. But also in my mind, I was like, okay, he's never been the third best player on a team. I don't, ever really like i feel like some people say oh like when harden was like in the thunder but like harden wasn't like that guy yet like not so whatsoever i don't think he's ever been third best player on the team what i thought was he was gonna have less things to do with the ball in his hand which like you said his role's been ever changing and who knows if that was the plan and he just hasn't been able to do that because lebron and ad can't stay on the court for more than 10 games in the first half of the season um but yeah, I mean, like, 0 for 5 from 3 from Russ does not surprise me whatsoever. Like, I think he's had probably, like, 6 or 7 of those games, but it's it's just the constant missing layups around the rim or the, you know, pulling up for mid-range jumpers, and it's like, dude, you can't shoot. Yeah. And you know that. It's, like, a, it's not like thing, it's man. not like you're, like, in year 3 out of college, and in college you were a flamethrower. And for some reason, you just haven't been able to figure out in the NBA that, like, he's been playing, whatever, 13 or 14 years. And it's strange because, man, he used to be money from mid-range. Like, he, yeah, he used too. to have this this shot where he full speed and stop on a dime. He was, like, money. Free throw line, around the free throw line. Like, I think my favorite game to watch. Even just back with the work. Rockets, not even that long ago. Yeah, like, it's so strange. And then maybe that's maybe it's like a <laughs> kind of getting deep, like identity crisis as far as I'm trying to figure this whole thing out with him. You know, like I said, maybe losing athleticism and losing like the touch around the rim. He just 
don't really know exactly how to profile his game now. But I mean, now it should just be clear. I won't take any threes unless I'm like absolutely wide open and I can like, you know, the Rondo three where you can like actually spin the ball, set your feet, and it's like the perfect shot that you want to take if you had to pick a shot in a game. There, there was one three last night where I think it was pretty late, but there was like four seconds left on the shot clock. And then yeah. like they just gave the ball to him and he was guarded at the three point line. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, like, I mean, yeah, take those, like, whatever. And if you're like, absurdly stupidly wide open then like what are you gonna do you kind of have to other than late game situations do everything you can i don't care if you're super wide open at three figure a way to get the ball in your hand or drive and kick or whatever but Mm -hmm. yeah sorry go on Nah, man you're fine but yeah that's no it should be like you take no threes like i don't no threes unless you butt naked wide open and then everything (laughs) everything else should be even your bank shot Cut that out your diet, man. Because that bank shot, I count it as a turnover, bro. I don't even call it a missed yeah. shot because it's literally the equivalent of at basketball practice. We used to do something where the coach would throw the ball off the backboard. It was like a scramble drill or something we used to do back in the day. But basically, you throw the ball off the backboard and you start like a fast break. That's essentially what I they do. I know where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if, you, if you look at that low light video, I think like out of all those shots. Dude, I hate that bro, video. Maybe it was like 12 shots on that specific video, but we only got, as a team, we only got the rebound on that twice. So if we lose losing the rebound battle single-handedly because you're shooting three, four, five of those bank shots a game and you may be hitting two, maybe one, and we losing the rest of the three, bro, them like critical possessions in, we, our margin being so, we got a low margin of error. We can't like lose possessions like, Without without or AD, like, we can't lose yeah. we can't lose possession because we're not gonna be able to like our our like our basement floor of defense without AD is terrible. Yeah, we can't lose we can't lose the way that we're losing. You know what I'm saying? I don't mind if you lose a game where you know the other team hot. You like you where you're supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? You're not turning the ball over. Um, you just basically you just get beat. Like I don't, I ain't even tripping off the Memphis game, honestly, because they're just a good team. They're a good team. Nah, and they're and they're rolling right now. Yep, and the way our team is constructed at this present time, it's kind of a terrible matchup. They got the exact kind of point guard that we, you know, we wouldn't want to see without AD, and they got the exact kind of bigs and wings that we wouldn't want to play without AD. So I don't mind a game like that. But last night. That kind of game, that it ain't no excuses. Like those are the kind of games you got to take home. Brun playing well. Um, you got a great Malik Monk game. You got a great, yeah. really got a decent role player game. Austin Reeves came and chipped in. Stanley chipped in in like his extra limited time that he got. He anytime he hit more than one three, that's a win for you. And then yeah. like not you know doing everything else that he need to do. Um, Dwight gave. I mean, Austin, minutes too. Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk combined for twelve made threes. If we're getting, if Can't like we should, we shouldn't lose. We shouldn't lose. We shouldn't lose to the Phoenix Suns, to the Grizzlies, to the Golden State Warriors of the world. If we're getting twelve threes out of those three guys, bro, let you alone, would, let alone the freaking Kings. If you ask Frank Vogel, if you tell him how hey, you gonna get twelve threes combined between them three players. 
He's, he's saying he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, he doesn't make like, any. He doesn't have to make any adjustments or anything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but when you do that, me the and Fi- stuff, me Fizz and Mike P are gonna be chilling on the bench <laughs> doing nothing. Yeah, man, Stu. <laughs> Everybody's just chilling. <laughs> we're gonna be listening. To, we're gonna be listening to Stu <laughs> on the on the bench. We're not even gonna be paying attention to the game. Yeah, man. That uh, I love that little analogy you said about um, uh, back in basketball, the coach throwing the ball off the backboard and you know going out th- doing three on two after that. But I was like thinking, like it really is like that on some of those bank shots he shoots. It just smacks off the backboard. But I was thinking, like back when I used to play basketball, like. I, I can't remember anything more fun than grabbing a uh, rebound off a terrible shot shot by someone on their team, a shot that they took that you know right when they shot it that they're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And you see them in the air, and like you're already talking like, all right, let's go, fast break, fast break, yep. just banks off, the, banks off the backboard. You're basically laughing as you're grabbing the rebound and yep. like getting out on the break, and it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy, just getting down the court. And yeah, he's setting he's setting up the other team with a ton of those types of fast breaks, and that's another problem we have with our defense. Our transition defense trash, absolutely mm-hmm. trash, you know. But and that's where we were strong crazy. in our championship year. It wasn't yep. we were great in the half court, but man, we used to like choke teams out. And just force them into like stupid possessions, and then we out because we had we were able to take advantage of that because we had the you know our personnel was great for transition. We had Speedy KCP, mm-hmm. you know Caruso good in transition. He can get up and down the floor, and you know what I'm saying catch a lob or get to the rim. Court LeBron orchestrating the transition. He can make any pass in the book, and then you got AD who can just go long and then you know trap somebody under the basket. And you can just throw it anywhere around the rim. He can just catch it and lay it in or dunk it or, you know, get a free throw. Bro, it's perfect. So if you're not stopping mm-hmm. anybody in transition as well, you're not stopping anybody on defense and getting into transition with like a stagnant offense, then you're not going to win no games. So they're not going to be nah. able to duplicate that. I'm not going to fool myself into believing that. But like I said, the things that they could do, um, I can't keep really talking about tweaking the roster because that's a whole nother conversation but in yeah, terms we'll get of to the, we'll get to the whole trade deadline conversation later yeah in terms of just the stuff they can do with what they got is just making sure like we said about the understanding your personnel and how you want to um how you want to play defense and ad hopefully getting back will help them a whole lot kendrick nunn will he'll bring some things that can help too because you know he speaking of a tra- trade deadline if he ever plays <laughs> if i know right he, i don't really know <laughs> sad, to, sad to say if he exists who is this kendrick i've never heard of him <laughs> kendrick mm-hmm. lamar yeah so but somebody <laughs> brought up a good point though i know everybody been like why he been out so long um what you call was out long like that too when he had his bone bruise bogey bogey from uh, the hawks he was out oh, the same way when he first, yeah, he first got to Atlanta. He was out for like about the same amount of time. So yeah, this ain't really like the, it ain't um it ain't like not ordinary at all. Yeah, no, I saw uh Dr. Raj um who's on uh who does stuff for Silver Screen and Roll. I can't remember who it was, but someone on some other team went down with a bone bruise and I saw him talk about like 
this injury can like be so have so many variables and it can have such a different like time that keeps player out uh from case to case so yeah i mean i don't know let's or kendrick nunn's been doing individual work on the court for a while now i'd say like a, a week or maybe a couple weeks and the ad's doing a little bit here and there so kind of or i kind of figured we wouldn't get ad until february but it kind of seems like it's going to come before that and the lakers need it well without getting him injured again they need him asap i said 30th uh, he'll be back by the 30th because i looked kd had the same injury and he had a bone bruise mm-hmm. and it only cost him like six week four or five hold on let me look it up i don't want to tell you a story <laughs> This is people Tell do this, story. man. People do this on podcasts. They look up facts so they don't lie to the people. I think I think the four week like reevaluation point is possibly today or tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow being Friday, if you're listening to this now. Um, but I always figured it'd be a reevaluation, and then like give them a week or two to like ramp up, and then like knowing AD, there'd be like, oh, let's give them like. One two or three extra mm-hmm. more weeks or something like that. But yeah, so, I don't know. We'll see. So um, KD went yeah. down on, and I didn't mean to cut you off my brother. No, 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 no. So KD went down on March the 1st and he was back by April the 8th. And that's okay. with a MCL sprain and a tibial bone bruise. So it is like a double. And his was like worse because, I think he like was going. AD was just kind of standing stationary, and this is why I think KD got the bone bruise. I think KD was going like full speed, and when he came mm-hmm. down, like somebody kind of crashed into him, like with everything. So, um, yeah, I think I think he'll be back. The thirtieth seems seems about right because that tomorrow the four week mark, the thirtieth is on a Sunday. That's when they play the Hawks in Atlanta. Yep. Then that will be tomorrow they do the evaluation. And this could be wrong. They probably will be like he's healing well. They're not gonna say he cleared for he probably get cleared and for they some got, activity because he's shooting. So yeah. he is cleared for on court stuff, technically. Yeah, I mean if they were worried about the MCL sprain, they wouldn't or like super worried about the MCL sprain, they wouldn't be having him like shooting up and down, jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. I'm no I'm no doctor. But. Right. And he was moving like not I can't tell how he was moving, but it wasn't like you know how you use it when you you labor a little bit. He wasn't really laboring; he was just like. Up I'll tell you what it's not it's not a fun sight to see a uh, Anthony Davis wearing the a fattest brace. knee brace I've ever seen in my life. Listen, he might need to start wearing accessories for real, for real. Because I think he just needs to get a bionic legs. Yeah. Well, and he needs bionic so- shoulders because we all know that gives him problems too. <laughs> that Batman leg, you remember on Batman? We just need we just need a droid version of Anthony Davis. <laughs> that That's Batman leg, man. Batman got that little he, thing on his leg, kick the wall, kick like the concrete wall. Exactly. He needs that big old like mech suit. Yeah, and then, and then we'll be good to go. Then we're and then we're getting back on the championship. Heck yeah. Um, but hey, before we close out uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Friday. Saturday, we've got a game against the Nuggets. They're not doing too hot either, but yeah, they've been struggling lately. I think I saw, uh, let me see, in the past 10 games, obviously we're struggling. That's no <laughs> But <laughs> in the last 10 means. games, the Lakers the Lakers actually have a better net rating than the Nuggets, uh, and that's due to our offense being far better than theirs. Uh, we actually got 118 offensive rating 
in the past 10 games. So go ahead and take a guess where our defensive rating is. It's pretty close to that. Um, obviously, our also our offensive rating is pretty inflated from playing some really bad teams uh, with the Kings included. But the Nuggets have been really struggling to score. Obviously, they don't have Jamal Murray. They don't have Michael Porter Jr. They basically got Will Barton out there as like their primary scoring threat off the dribble. Obviously, Nicole Jokic is still having a really good season. Um, honestly, if it wasn't for his team's record, he'd be much higher in MVP talks. But yeah, I mean, I was, as we showed against the Kings, nothing's going to be easy for the Lakers. Definitely, I've got a winnable game on Saturday, but how much confidence do you have in them winning on Saturday against the Nugs? <sighs> <laughs> if they beat the Kings, you'd be feeling good, right? Yeah, I would. I expect I mean, I'd be feeling really them. good. I think they're gonna play better against them because one, I think they'll be a little bit pissed off about last night. Yeah, I think the the way that the Nuggets play is a style that um the Lakers guards could thrive in because they don't got a lot of girthy guys to like do the things that you know some teams can do to the Lakers. They got like their guards are like our guards. They want to score. They want to shoot jumpers. I mean, the only thing we have to worry about is Jokic, and he's amazing. And hopefully, mm-hmm. this means a lot of Dwight, a lot of yeah, um, hopefully Dwight LeBron, muck it up game. Mm-hmm. LeBron being able to do some some things. So, man, I'm gonna go out on the limb, man. It ain't often you you get to show confidence in your team. I think they're gonna pull it out. I think they're gonna surprise. I them. I kind of do too. <laughs> I mean. Like you start off, you're just like, like I taught myself. It's so hard to say. It's so hard to say. Like I think they're gonna win, but I really do. Um, I actually think the Nuggets are playing like as we're recording this. So uh, they're being the no, they're being the Trailblazers pretty bad. We obviously know uh, from the recent game we played the Trailblazers. They are an absolute dumpster fire right now, and they don't even have Dame anymore. Uh, They had Dame for that game when the Lakers played them, but they don't even have Dame anymore. Man, they're they're done for this yeah, season. Man. But from the ground, um, man. pause the grind. They, they <laughs> stop. Get secure this pick so you can get Dame some help. I think they. Yeah. Just do it, man. Stop playing. <laughs> Sit Dame and for the rest us, of the year. And give us Robert Covington for zero, nothing, please, for nothing, for DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> we'll give you DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> you know, you can ask. You can ask Russell Westbrook's brother. He's a playoff god. All right, he's got a little bit left in him. Just keep him around, and then you can have that Damian Lillard and uh, DeAndre Jordan show that we <laughs> we would all love to see in 2010. Oh, uh, um, but yeah, man, our I don't know. I mean, the Nuggets play. It's I kind of like kind of all comes down to whether or not the Lakers are getting out on fast breaks because if they're getting out on the break, I feel like they could actually win that game by a lot. Just because I kind of look, the Nuggets have a really low pace. Uh, the Lakers are obviously one of the teams with the highest pace in the league. Obviously mm-hmm. play super fast. So, I don't know. I feel like I'll kind of know in the first half whether or not the Lakers are going to win or not, depending if it's just a half-court game. Obviously, if it's fair, uh, strictly a half-court offense game for both teams, we're, we're probably going to lose because mm-hmm. Jokic will almost assuredly pick us apart and They'll find, you know, they're well coached by Malone. They'll probably find a way to give Westbrook another bad night. But yeah, I mean, they have been, you know, we're 500 for a reason right now. The Lakers have had a pretty good knack at following up 
a disastrous worst loss of the season with with another worst loss. Well, no, I was going to say with a random win, random, even if it's yeah. against a terrible team. Uh, but yeah, I kind of do have a weird feeling they'll win. I'm telling you, man, this uh, like is the you said, ideal team. Even for this is a rest game, bro. Like they don't have a yep, they don't have a guard. <laughs> as bad unless as they put, unless, unless they do some wild shit and put like Aaron Gordon on him, yeah, then, then LeBron then will toast. be able to be like, hey, right, that's why I really right, think I'll exactly. have like a crazy game tomorrow. I mean, Saturday. Russ are, I'm calling it now. Russ or LeBron will have a crazy game this weekend. I'm calling Cause, it because because and LeBron's definitely would be one to be like, all right, like they're you know they're planning their defense around Russ. We just lost against the Kings on Wednesday. I'm pissed the fuck off. It's time to go off. Yeah. And yeah, like get a little 40 point. I feel like when was the last time he had a 40 point game? Uh, I feel like he's been scoring in the thirties a lot, but I don't know. I feel like I, like I said, and he was three of 12 from three against the Kings. Like that's not going to last. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm hoping so bad. It does kind of feel like, first of all, the public just, uh, got a hold of Russ struggling lately. He's been struggling for a minute. Like he truly has been in a slump and like it's been like the past five or six games. He just can't make a layup and no shots are falling. I'm really hoping he at least just with the layups because you know he gets those layups going and he gets energized. You know he loves momentum. I could see him you know just getting a couple layups to go early on especially if they've got uh, someone smaller on him instead of like Aaron Gordon or someone like that. And man, I just love, like I don't want I don't want to hate on Russ. I really don't. I feel like most people love it. They just love it. It's like even throughout the years, like they just thrive on hate on yeah, Russ. Like, like I don't want to do that slop. at all. I wanted to. I, I want yeah, like hogs to slop. Just give me that Russell Westbrook hate <laughs> slop. His brothers on spaces. Mm, give me that slop. Yeah. JF, JFK assassination memes. Mm, yes. Give me it. <laughs> but man, I don't want to do that. Yeah, like man. I want. I I really do like. I really do want him to succeed. I want him to succeed. I want to. I want to have a little leeway to talk trash about Steph Curry. Curry. He's been stinking it up lately. Man, I want to talk trash about him. I want to talk trash. I want to talk trash about the Clippers. You know. Putting their putting all their money on two guys who can't ever stay healthy. Knock on wood, actually. Oh. Our boys, knock on wood for our boys. I probably should that, but <laughs> like I don't like. I feel like a lot of people, you including Lake Laker fans, like from the get go, have been wanting, like, just been wanting this to happen from Westbrook, like subconsciously, and I really don't. So. I don't know. Do you have any more thoughts like uh, on this upcoming Nuggets game or Westbrook or anything else before we close it out here? Uh, what I'm looking forward to in terms of a thought, like I said, is if Russ wants to get confidence back, get into a good basketball space, I think Saturday is a perfect game. Um, I'm pretty sure tomorrow we're going to get two I feel like I got inside information or something when I really don't. I think we're gonna get two uh two good updates on Kendrick Nunn and AD. Because they tend to do that. When they got two players that's hurt, if they don't like the birds are coming back, they always they always either do this and I'm I'm not saying this is gonna happen tomorrow. I do, but I do think they're both I do think they're both gonna come back at like the same time. Yeah, they either bring one back, they either bring them back at the same time, or one of them's like 
they like, oh yeah, yeah, he's back. He um we activating him. And it's like, what why did never mind. I've been in talk about that for an hour. They let me get that. Can I get this off my heart? The Lakers oh, are yeah. the worst team, man, when it comes to like injuries and updates. I don't know if nobody else experiences. They get. So, I know. I, I mean, I don't follow enough teams about like to really know that, but they get so cute with it. Yeah, very vague. Oh, he's close. Vogel's been saying, I don't know. He said two games in a row, or maybe it was the practice mm-hmm. before the Kings game, and then after, or right before the Kings game. He said the exact same sentence <laughs> about about Kendrick Nunn's status. I think it was I think it's verbatim it's he's getting some individual work done before games. No timetable at this time. And that's it. Like just like doing that and then and then but then like then they set themselves up for that like ah they're back baby mm-hmm. like oh man they're back and it's like a big old celebration like just because it's like oh we didn't know up until this point like screw you guys you knew when they were coming back for the past two weeks exactly. you guys pinpointed on the schedule <laughs> you've known this entire time oh man yeah but, the only person i don't think they'll do it with is i think they're gonna like be very transparent with ad though because i think they want they're gonna yeah. do that for him because they don't want him to they don't want to string him along like they for one they know they need him and like the situation and context that this season is in for them they can't like be like they they live they honestly they can't really like try i think ideally they would probably bring them back like after six or seven weeks but with where they are they don't ha- they, they don't have that <laughs> yeah they, they don't can't have that luxury that. yeah they, they can't, can't be do doing that honestly oh man well I guess that'll do it for us. You got to, you know, you know, I ain't more, more thoughts. Nah, right? That's it, man. That's all I got. bro. I'm spent out. I just want to, you know, I want to close this podcast, you know, tomorrow. If you're listening on Friday, tomorrow, we're going to see a beautiful rust game. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Lakers next game will be Saturday night against the Nuggets tip off at 6 PM Pacific. We will uh, talk to you guys again next week for our third episode. Appreciate you guys listening uh, again to us. Glad I could get my voice sounding right for you guys. Walt's voice sounding better than ever. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys very much for listening. We will see you guys next time. And uh, go Lakers. Peace, y'all. Go Lake Show. Peace. See you guys.